You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast, presented by The Daily Goat. Welcome to episode 13 of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo alongside Peter Alves. How are you doing today, Peter? Pretty good. Weeks of flying, flying by. Week is absolutely flying by. How was your weekend? How you doing? It's pretty good. Went to New Hampshire. Oh, lost. So we'll get into it, but I put real money on UNC in the first round when they were facing, what was it, Wisconsin? I got blown yep. out. Like, cool. It was the only real bet I placed. And then I played 100 bucks on the Red Sox over 80 and a half wins. Okay, so Peter, uh, he stuck to his vows and bet the over for the Sox and went with UNC, which was his premium pick of the week. Yep. And they got blown out by like 17 points. They did. They did. But I think we're going to get into the NCAA tournament really quick. But have you enjoyed it so far? Have you enjoyed this? Enjoyed it? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many upsets this time around. I think the NCAA tournament like got a seating wrong because there's so many blowouts like Oral Roberts, the Christian Academy. Yeah. I have a little theory of why, but we'll save that for a little bit. Let's recap last weekend's picks. So for me, anyway, I went three and two. I won Texas Tech. A minus four over Utah State. I also won Oklahoma State, which is my premium pick over Liberty, uh, minus seven and a half. And then I also won the Brooklyn Nets over the Washington Wizards. Surprise, surprise. But I did lose. I ended up three and two. I lost to uh, Georgetown plus five, got their ass kicked by Colorado. That was bad. And then uh, my second pick actually got scratched. Uh, I had Oregon over VCU. That game actually got canceled. VCU got the boot out of the tournament because of COVID reasons. Also had Texas, but they lost. Uh, they were upset by a number 15 seed, Christian Academy. And I had them, I think it was minus six. Two L's on that aspect, but three and two for the week. Got my premium pick right. Uh, Peter, how about yourself? Well, this weekend I went two and three. I thought on Friday I went 0 oh and two. I was like, oh my God, here we go again. Mush returns, you know, going to go 0 oh and five, but that didn't happen. I won Noah plus 16 and a half and the Bulls over the Pistons. As we were saying earlier, I lost UNC minus one and a half. That was my premium pick. They got absolutely smoked. They lost to Wisconsin by 23 points. Disgrace. And I lost UConn minus three and Baylor minus 26. But overall, it wasn't that bad, I guess, in hindsight. I know two and three isn't good, but it's not bad, I guess. So combined, we had that combined record of what, five and five? Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. 500. But, right uh, on course. Right on course. So... Hopefully, leading up to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, Final Four, we're going to hit our stride. I feel pretty confident about this weekend's picks in terms of, for myself anyway, we'll get into the end of the show. Let's hit on this NCAA tournament here. Peter, how does your bracket look? Oh, like everybody else is absolutely destroyed. You know, it's so fun. But I have Florida State winning the whole thing, and they're still in it, so that's pretty good. And my final two is Arkansas, Florida State, and they're both in it, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I think uh, the Florida State-Arkansas, as long as your two teams are still in there, you know. I had Alabama winning the whole thing. They're still in there. They're looking good. I'm semi-confident in that. Obviously, defeating Gonzaga will be a difficult challenge, to say the least. I feel okay about my bracket. It could be a lot worse. Obviously, you had those upsets that nobody was expecting, like Ohio State. It's number two C losing. Texas, a number two C losing. Like, sorry, nobody took Oral Roberts seriously. Yeah, my friend Chris Barrasso picked Ohio State to win it all. And right when they lost, he was like, oh, my God, I'm screwed. Well, it's just crazy how that game kind of unfolded. I came home from work, 
my brother Justin was home watching it, and he's like, look at this. Ohio State's just playing with them. They're going to blow them out in the second half. And I'm just like, nah, like, this is March Madness. You have no idea what could happen. And sure enough, Oral Roberts stood in there the whole way, and they were the better team, and they ended up winning the game. And look at them here you today. You just keep winning. March Madness is just so difficult to project. That's the really fun part about it. But this year, more than ever, it seems like there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of things that have kind of been going haywire for pretty much every team except for, like, Gonzaga. Obviously, I think COVID kind of screwed everything up. I guess it was difficult to probably see teams because some teams played uh, more games than others. Some games were canceled. Some were postponed. Like, it was kind of just a wacky year, and it was difficult to really play the schedule 100% the way through. I think that might have a lot to do with things. Yeah, they said, like, Chicago shouldn't have been an AC, and, and you'll probably know this better than me. Did each, like, conference have to have a certain amount of teams? So, like, the Big Ten, Pac-12? So not necessarily a certain amount of teams. So you clinch an automatic berth if you win the regular seat. For let's, let's use the Big Ten. So if Ohio State wins the Big Ten regular season tournament, the regular season, like regular season is done, but they're number one in the standings. They get an automatic bid. Now at the end of the regular season, they kind of do like a, a Big Ten tournament. And now whoever wins that also gets an automatic bid. For example, Georgetown, they entered the their conference tournament with the record below 500. But they rallied to win the tournament, and they got in the NCAA tournament. It kind of depends on circumstance, competition, all that kind of thing goes into, uh, say, but all the big conferences get at least one representative, like the ACC, the A-10, Big East, Big 12, Pac-10. Like They all get at least one, I guess, at least two representatives. Because everyone was complaining about the Big 10, obviously, because Ohio State lost. Well, it's lost, like. All of them did, right? Everybody but Michigan, seemingly, you know? Yeah. So, again, it just depends on the year. Uh, and this year, again, very weird. You're in a tournament without Duke, without Kentucky, without Louisville, without Indiana. Oh, Louisville like should have been in, right? Louisville was like, I believe they were like the first four out or whatever yeah. it was. And Duke, I mean, before they had to undergo COVID protocols, which exited them from the ACC tournament, they had a 40% chance to get in. So... Don't know how that would have played out if they were healthy, but nonetheless, uh, they were out. So it's a unique year. Uh, obviously, you still have programs like Gonzaga, who have been there for a while. Villanova, same thing. But again, you have these smaller schools like Oral Roberts, like Loyola Chicago, like all those kind of schools that are kind of just making their way through, and maybe they were undervalued. Maybe they were undervalued because of the lack of games they played. Maybe the lack of competition because games got canceled. Like I think all those things go into play. Yeah, that's why March Madness, as you said, is amazing because anything can happen. You never would see this in like NBA playoffs or whatever. You you can't do that in pretty Anywhere. much any other sport. You know, it's crazy. And that's what's so awesome about it. So unique. Even casual fans of college athletics, this is a must watch. Like you don't have to watch the regular season. Yeah, I watch little to no college backs basketball as it is. And just March Madness, like you're glued to the TV, especially this weekend. 32 games. Yeah. Like, the, every like, yeah, 12 o'clock, three o'clock, seven o'clock, nine o'clock. Yeah. Like they're all back to back to back to back. It's great. It's fantastic. Now, overall, what's, who's your biggest surprise of the tournament? Probably Oral Roberts, honestly. Yeah. I think that probably takes the cake. Look, 15 seed again, zero expectations. Nobody knows where Oral Roberts is or what Oral Roberts really is. Like nobody knows anything about the school and they kind of just steamroll and, you know, and, 
we're going to talk about their matchup later on, but do you feel that they can go even further than the Sweet 16? No, they're facing Arkansas. Sorry. <laughs> yes, you cannot have them go further. No. But, I mean... Do they scare honestly, you? Honestly, it's, yeah, it's a Cinderella story. They, I should honestly root for them, like, all the way through. I wish I, like... I know they have, like, second chance brackets or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like... It's not as fun. That's not Yeah, fun. I know. But, yeah, they could be an ultimate Cinderella story. Imagine that. Like Going to the Elite Eight, Final eight, Four, like... Yeah. Usually, so these Cinderella oh, like Chicago stories... Chicago was in what, like 2016? Yep, yep. I, I think it was... No, I think it was even like 2018 or 19. It was recent. Obviously not in 2020 because of the pandemic, but I think it was 18 or 19. The thing with these Cinderella stories are they go as far as the Sweet 16, sometimes the Elite Eight, but usually by this time or at least the next round, the competition kind of weaves itself out. Like It's very rare where you see a team like Oral Roberts win the whole damn thing. Like that's near to impossible, but can they get hot and win a couple games? Absolutely. And now this weekend, it could be one of those scenarios where you kind of see things get back to normalcy. Like you see Oral Roberts get out. You see Loyola Chicago get out. You see Syracuse get out. Like and things kind of, your bracket looks better. Well, I mean, Chicago is an AC and, and they're facing Oregon state. Which is 12 seed. seed. Yeah. So, so then again, maybe, one of them, maybe. one of them needs to get there. You're right. It's a very good point. Now, and which is even crazier for that region, they could even play Syracuse. Yeah, 11 seed. There's an 11 seed, so we'll see how that goes. What about biggest disappointment? Probably Ohio State, as yeah. we alluded to earlier. I but. think them, I think Virginia, same category. Illinois, dogging it. Illinois, you're right, Illinois, I think that's a perfect one. They came into that game with no heart, no energy, no nothing. That's a great one. I think those three for sure. I think Illinois might be number one. Because a lot of people counted Illinois as that necessarily that number one seed that was like a sleeper. Because obviously Gonzaga and Baylor get a lot of attention. But Illinois was a team battle-tested, proven, and a lot of people felt comfortable with. And they did not live up to the hype at all. Hey, shout out to Sister Jean, honestly. Her prayer worked. The, the prayer is working. We'll see if it works this week against Arkansas. I mean, little, um, against Oregon State. She's a little god. <laughs> Crazy. Year old. Crazy. So like we talked about earlier, Gonzaga, number one seed, undefeated. Do you see a scenario where they run the table, win the whole thing? Or do you think it's kind of expected that they eventually face some sort of tough competition? So Oklahoma gave them a run for their money a couple days back, but they still ended up winning by, I think, 16 or 17 points. But if Gonzaga runs the table here, and they win going away. Nobody really gives them much of a fight. They're going to go down as, believe it or not, one of the best teams in college troops history. Like, they're going to be right on the echelon with a lot of the greats. Yeah, I like I said before, I didn't want to pick Gonzaga for, like, the champion because I thought it was way too obvious. I think they're going to get out in, the, like, the Final Four or something, but they could definitely run the table. But I don't know because Gonzaga's going to have to face, like, Michigan or, like, Florida State, Alabama, you know, I mean, water will get its tide, I guess. Like, exactly. Kind of so level. They haven't been tested, you know? Like, Oklahoma gave them the run for their money at the end of the first half, but that was that's about it. Like, for the most part, they kicked the crap out of teams, winning by 20, 25, 15, 18, whatever it is. So I'm curious to see in a tight game, whether it's against Alabama or somebody else, and they're like, well, there's two minutes left and we're up by four. Like, what the hell do we do? Like, yeah. the game is not in the bag, so... And I think being battle-tested sometimes is important in games like these. 
like a team like Alabama, like a team like Michigan, like your Arkansas, Florida State, like those teams have faced scenarios where they've lost close games. They've won close games. And they've been through the ringer. Now, Gonzaga necessarily hasn't been. They've been so good that they haven't had to worry about anything. Well, maybe it's just their, their level, too. Maybe they're just that good, you know? The, yeah, it, and then you look at it, yeah, from that perspective, like, they're just that good and nobody can stop them. Like, why do they, they don't need to play down to their talent, play down to everyone else's talent. They're just that much better than everybody. Now, want to preview the Sweet 16 a little bit? So let's start off with Gonzaga's matchup here. So like we talked about, I think we both probably could fully expect that Gonzaga probably makes it to the next round here. Yeah, they're just going to keep on going. So Gonzaga, uh, they play Creighton, right? Yeah, uh, they're 13 and a half point favorites. Uh, Creighton coming into the matchup. Uh, there were I knew a couple people that really thought Creighton would kind of sneak in a little bit. Not sneak in because they're obviously a highly regarded seed, but I'll make a run here. But against Gonzaga, I don't really like their chances. Yeah, I feel bad for them. You know, they're just... Just in another way, you know? Yep. And then you look at Oregon State and Loyola Chicago. We already talked about it a little bit. Uh, Oregon State playing out of their minds as 12 seed. Loyola Chicago, an 8 seed. Someone's got to advance to the Elite Eight here. Uh, You look at this matchup, and Oregon State's really impressed me. Like, they played so well against Oklahoma State. Like, they played well so throughout this tournament. But the same can be said about Loyola Chicago. Yeah, I know. They got Sister Jean, as you said. And yeah, they knocked out Oregon State, knocked off Tennessee. I had that Tennessee going far, and they just dogged yeah. it in the first round, too. Oregon well, State that, isn't... Those 12 five upsets, you know. You're right. There's, there was always one bound to happen. In Oregon State, they've played great. Like, uh, that's a scary team, man. Moving on now, uh, Villanova Baylor. I think this might be the best matchup of the Sweet 16 uh, grouping here. So you come in, Baylor. Again, they're also number one seed here undefeated. And Villanova is another team that they have history. They have the coaching. Uh, I'm going to call them a little underrated. Uh, people are sleeping on them. I, I agree. I think people are kind of sleeping on Jay Wright's crew. Do you think they could really make some noise against Baylor here? Yeah, I hope so. I hope that it's an actual game, as you said. It's probably, as you said, too, like the best game on the slate. So, yeah, they definitely can win, you know, knock off Baylor. I think it's totally possible. I think... Baylor and Gonzaga are in two different classes. I don't consider Baylor in the same grouping as I do Gonzaga. Like, even throughout the first two games, Baylor struggled at times. Like, I'm not saying they were getting beat or anything like that, but Gonzaga, like, they just throw people against the floor. Like, they're unstoppable. Uh, We're going to move on to your Arkansas, right, against Oral Roberts, like we talked about. So you said you felt somewhat confident about this game, but obviously Cinderella stories happen. Now, would you be totally surprised if Oral Roberts pulled off the upset? No, because they've done it twice in a row, you know, just keep it going. But we'll get into it later. But I picked Arkansas for one of my picks. So, All right. So we'll save that one. Uh, Syracuse, Houston, Uh, Syracuse, obviously another blue chip college, Jim Beheim have culture. They have history there coming in, but obviously they're not a highly regarded team. They're an 11 seed, right? Or the 12 seed, 11 11 seed. Against Houston, who's a two seed, uh, Houston comes in as six point favorites. Now I picked this game for one of my uh, selections for the weekend, so we'll save this one. But uh, what's your take on that game? I think Syracuse can ultimately squeeze it out. I, I just like how they played versus West Virginia. They squeak that game out, so maybe they'll catch Houston on a bad night. You know. Yeah, and I think Houston from this point again. I'll, I'll talk about it about how I feel about Houston, especially being a two seed. I'm uh, moving on now to. Your tournament winner here, Florida State. 
in a tough matchup against Michigan. I think this is another one. It's going to be yeah. a really close game. Uh, Michigan, well-coached, young, versatile, long. Uh, they come into the game, though, is actually three-point favorites over the Seminoles of Florida State. How do you feel about this game, picking Florida State to win the whole thing? So this, tell you what, if they beat Michigan, that's a huge step. Yeah, they're going to have to lay up, you know. I have this pick as well, so I'll talk about them later. Okay. But So from my perspective here, I, I think Michigan's probably the better team. I think throughout the first two games, Michigan has looked better. They seem to be coming in hot. If I were you, I'd be a little nervous about this one. I didn't know that Michigan was a basketball school. They were in the Final Four a couple years ago, too. Uh, they've slowly progressed their program. They're a team to be a force. Uh, you know, they're not in like the same category as like the Dukes, North Carolinas, but they're slowly uprising that program. UCLA, Alabama. I picked this one for one of my picks of the week. Alabama is six-point favorites over the Bruins. Uh, the UCLA is an 11 seed. Uh, they actually had to win their play-in game to get in the tournament, and they went on a tear the last two games in Alabama. Uh, they've taken care of business against Maryland, uh, and they played uh, very well to say they've had some injuries. Listen, I hope that Alabama wins this week, Florida State wins this week. So you know what that means, right? I do know what that Alabama, means. Alabama, Florida State is going to face next week. That'll be amazing. And one of us wins, one of us loses. Yeah. That'll be fun. Then the last game of the slate is uh, the Oregon Ducks against the USC Trojans. Both teams, you know, coming in here really hot. Uh, Oregon obviously had only one matchup to this point. Their game against VCU, like we mentioned to start off the show, was canceled because of COVID. So Oregon automatically advanced. Uh, Oregon is actually two-point underdogs to the USC. Oregon not getting any love from Vegas. Maybe they just saw him play one game. I have a question about that, too. If I pick yes. ECU for the bracket, I would get pissed. How do they say that, like, Oregon, like, advances? Is it because Be- VSU has COVID problems? And it's like, yes, because VCU had the COVID. So and it's like, oh, it's COVID, your fault. Like you're- sorry, you're right. Yeah, and you can't, which makes sense. Logistically speaking, you can't be like, all right, pause. Like, we yeah. need to hold everyone up for however long. I think and every, all the schools knew that coming in. Like it wasn't just like well they're in a bubble. Which is, well, it's right? not it's not a bubble. It's like a I know they're all in Indy, you know. Yeah, no, they're all in Indiana, Indianapolis area. But it's it's a soft like bubble. Like the announcers aren't there. Like they don't live there on on campus per se. All the kids and coaches staff live there, but they all have like these tracking devices. But they can do they can kind of do their own thing a little bit to some extent. It's not like where it's the NBA bubble where they're just like sorry like. You're not going anywhere. But Jim Nance is not living in the bubble. Oh, okay. I mean, he's probably being careful what he's doing and stuff like that and protocol, yada, yada, yada. But he's not a part of that grouping. So those are the games for uh, the Sweet 16. Uh, This weekend games are Saturday and Sunday. So we have a long wait until then. But highly anticipated. Two games I'm really looking forward to is the Florida State-Michigan one. I think that one is going to be really telling. And my other one that I was really talking about that I think is going to be a really close game is Villanova-Baylor. I think those two are going to be the best games of the week. Yeah, I agree. They're going to be absolute bloodbath. Hopefully they live up to the hype. Yeah, I really hope so. Uh, So before we get into our weekend picks, we're going to hit on some NFL and NBA topics. First, a couple free agency signings in the NFL in the past week. Uh, Kenny Galladay uh, to the New York Giants. Obviously a big money deal. $18 million annually over four years. A $72 million total. Galladay is going to play alongside Shepard Ingram, Saquon Barkley, that whole crew with New York. Uh, What's your takeaway from that? Do you think you like the fit? Yeah, honestly, I do. Like you said, 
he gets in with a lot of weapons. He gets out of that trash organization, Detroit. Sorry, ah, Noah. Noah. But like you said, the Giants are actually making some good moves. They signed Adoree Jackson, too, that cornerback. Yeah. I love that pickup. That division was terrible. They won 7-9, and nine, the Washington football team, obviously, last year. But that division is going to be really good, I think, this year. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, so Galladay, the price tag is a little iffy for me. He's a good player, don't get me wrong. But again, he's making $18 million a year. That ties him for sixth highest in the league. It ties him with Odell Beckham and Tyreek Hill. Do I think he's on that echelon of receivers? I do not, uh, especially in this kind of market. I would not personally have given Galladay that amount of money, but I understand the move. Uh, Daniel Jones gets a real, real number one receiver. Galladay can stay healthy then the Giants offense will certainly be taken to another level. And like you mentioned, the NFC East is going to be wildly entertaining. Dak Prescott will be healthy. Uh, the Washington football team, they've made some nice moves. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Curtis Samuel, to name a few. Uh, the Eagles obviously cast them aside. And now you obviously have Galladay involved with the Giants. Saquon will be healthy. Adoree Jackson's down there now. Like I think year two in the program for Joe Judge. So I, I like the Giants in that division. And I, I like Washington too. I, I like Dallas. So that'll be a tough division. Going forward, I think. Yeah, hopefully it'll be better than last year. It can't get any worse, sure. you know. Yeah, I think if anything, the records might not show it because the teams are going to beat each other up and they'll probably split each time they play each other. But they're going to be at least three good teams in that division. Sticking to the theme of wide receiver here, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, returned to the Pittsburgh Steelers, a one-year deal worth up to eight and a half million dollars. Twenty-four-year-old is going to stay in Pittsburgh. Were you surprised that uh, Smith-Schuster uh, tucked his tail and went back to Pittsburgh? I didn't at first, but then reportings was like, yeah, you left money on the table with certain teams. Like, why didn't he choose better money? So I want to go back to Pittsburgh that bad. No, I don't think so. I think it all came down to the bigger deal. I I think sure. He might've rejected a one year, $10 million deal from the dolphins or from whoever else. But I think he decided to stick with Pittsburgh for slightly less because he knows the system. He knows he can succeed there and he knows he can really cash in when the cap goes up in 2022. Let's say he let's for, I use the Dolphins, for example. Let's say he went to Miami and it, he just he didn't work out with him and Flores and it just didn't work out. And then come this time next year, his market's going to decline and he's not going to really cash in on that big money contract that he's looking for at least in Pittsburgh he knows what to expect knows the system knows the quarterback knows it all you know granted it's not perfect but he can still catch a lot of balls can get numbers up and he's gonna cash in in 2022 I think, I think that's his overall plan bag though I literally oh no him. I I'm not a Smith Schuster fan I think he's dance on logos all you want do the stupid like Corvette yeah. TikTok dance you know TikTok's above my head like I, I like you know I don't even know like any of that crap but He's not a number one receiver. I thought he was, but you saw what happened when Antonio Brown left there. Total L. And then obviously Chase Claypool came there and really exerted himself as the number one option in Pittsburgh. But Smith Schuster is going to put up nice numbers, and then some dumb team's going to pay him $18 million a year next year. Yep. Mark my words. All right. And then we're going to continue with the wide receiver theme. Will Fuller, former Houston Texan, is going to South Beach, Miami Dolphins. He signed a one another one year deal, and I believe with incentives, it's up to I think it was ten ten and a half million. Who would you rather have if you're building a team? So Fuller's obviously going to miss the first game uh, from his PED suspension. He missed the last five games last year. He's going to miss the first game this year. If you had to pick one between Fuller and Juju Smith Schuster, who would you rather uh, sign? I'd pick Will Fuller, ninety nine times out of hundred. I just like how he runs. He isn't a tool bag. He's got to <laughs> stay healthy though. You know, that's the thing with him. He is his health. Well, last year, I mean, 
obviously he was doing steroids or whatever he was doing. <laughs> he was healthy. <laughs> so he first time forever he was healthy, which probably makes sense. Yep. He's always dealing with those hamstring injuries and like yep. whenever he runs down the field in like fifty yards. I, don't I, know. I like Fuller, but the health is just concerning me. And we'll see if it works out. I think it's a similar kind of thing. He's going to try to put up huge numbers in 2021 and then really cash in in 2022. But I That's mean, the plan. Here, here you go, Matt. Here, here's uh, to a slander. But it's not going to work, though, because he's going to run like 50 yards down the field, and then Tua's going to miss him by like 20 yards. He's going to be like, wait, you're not Deshaun? This sucks. But, I ah. mean, if Deshaun goes there, it'll all work out. Yeah, I guess so. Poor Matt. Sorry. Thank you for doing the graphics this week. So sorry for Peter. <laughs> Moving on now to the NBA. Uh, so the trade deadline is uh, this Thursday at four o'clock. Again, the NBA trade di- trade deadline, most of the time, kind of a bust. Uh, there's a lot of hype building up to it, especially this year. There's a lot of big names that oh, you don't have to tell us Celtics fans. Trader yeah, Danny, sure. come on. Trade those assets. Does nothing every year. I do believe there will be a trade with the Celtics this year. Nonetheless, some guys to potentially be on the block. John Collins, which I don't think he'll get moved. But Nikola Vucevic, I don't think he'll get moved. Lonzo Ball, I do think will get moved. Oladipo, I do think will get moved. Harrison Barnes, not sure about. Miles Turner, probably not. Aaron Gordon, I think will get moved. Do you think it'll be an entertaining NBA trade deadline? No, probably not. It never is. Which team needs to make a move the most? Celtics. Yeah, Marcus Smart out of my face. Are you in for Aaron Gordon? If it's for Marcus Smart, yeah, give him away. Oh, no, I wouldn't trade Aaron Gordon for Marcus Smart, no. Why, you want to see him chuck threes in the fourth yeah, quarter and not I'll, go in? I, I tell you what, I he's think like you'll like... for 22 in the fourth I quarter. really think you'll like Aaron Gordon less than Marcus Smart. I don't know. He's pissing me off bad. What, Aaron Gordon, like, when you when people think of him, they're like, oh, he's he's the dude, the, the dunk he's contest. The he's the dunk contest, dude. He's, he's freaking Superman. Like, he's that guy. Like, if you look at him, like, I thought he was going to turn into an NBA superstar. He kind of hasn't. He's 25 years old, has upside. Uh, I think he's due $16 million this year, $18 million next year. I do think the Celtics are going to try to acquire him. I think schematically it makes sense. He's a Brad Stevens kind of fit for a big man. He can play like the three, the four, the five. He's kind of that versatile defender. Now, in terms of trade compensation, I don't think you'll have to give up Mark Smart. I think it'll be two first-round picks and then a combination of Tristan Thompson, Jeff Teague, Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith. To make the money work, three of the four of those guys. Uh, Orlando wants two picks. You give him the two picks, three of the four of those guys. You bring on Aaron Gordon. Does he move the needle a lot? I'm not sure how much he moves it, but he's certainly an upgrade in some aspects. He's improved shooting the three this year. He's shooting, I think, 40% from three this year. He's passing the ball well. He's averaging close to five assists per game. Not much of a mid-range game, I guess, sort of, kind of. Back-to-the-basket guy. I don't know. I, I like him, but like, I don't love him. Like, I really, I don't think you're going to like this guy. Pete. I don't know. Celtics are really pissing me off. Oh, no. They, oh, 100%. Like, like they yeah. faced the Grizzlies a few days ago, and obviously Jason Tatum was sick or something. Yeah, Kemba like, Walker was out, too. Yep. Yeah. Like, they're really pissing me off. I'm getting to the point where, like, I just wanted to thank again. It's it's frustrating, like, because, especially in the Eastern Conference this year, where there's the standings, everything is so, like, clumped up. Like, the Celtics will go on a two-game win streak, and then they're, like, third in the East. And then they'll go on a two-game lose streak, and they're, like, eighth in the East. So it's just, like, you can't really, like, sell, and then you'll make the argument, well, like... Well, and you're not going to catch the 76ers, and you're not going to catch the Brooklyn Nets. No, but... What's the point? Again, what's the point? You can piss off Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and then they want out, and then you're just like, ah, you can't have that. 
So you can't really punt on a year when you have those two guys in the center. Like you make the most of things. You look at a Aaron Gordon or Harrison Barnes or somebody like that. I think a perfect fit would be Nikola Vucevic, but Orlando's not going to move him. Vucevic is legit. Like if they get Vucevic, like Peter, I'm telling you, like they they would probably be behind Brooklyn in the conference still, but Vucevic okay. can play, man. Oh yeah. I don't know if I want to call him elite, but he, he can freaking play. But again, he's the type of player Orlando would probably get a King's ransom for. And they already said they're not going to move him now. So that's more of an off season conversation. So you think overall it'll be a dud? Yeah, probably. I'll believe it when I see it, you know. What, what about you, Guy Lonzo? Does he get moved? Lonzo? I don't know. Like, the Knicks are supposedly want him. Who else wants him? A lot of people yeah. want him. The yeah, Clippers yeah. want him, right? Yeah, there's a couple of different teams that are kind of just... So, Lonzo, he's obviously not the prospect that people anticipated. So, he's kind of that rotational piece. can pass the, ba- pass the ball. He's become a better shooter. I don't get why shooter. he does that. He just gives up way too easy. He just, just pass first, score later. He's the opposite of his brother. He's had a very interesting career. Obviously, he started off in L.A., and he was supposed to be the next quote-unquote Magic Johnson, yada, yada, yada. Didn't pan out, and they signed LeBron. And, like, the first year with LeBron, it didn't work out. Cast his ass aside, brought in Anthony Davis. So he's played well in New Orleans, don't get me wrong, but he's just not going to be a superstar in the league. Like, he's he's not. He's no, going to be he's still a, way too young. You can't say that. Uh, I, don't, I really don't think so. I think he's a fine piece. Like, I think he'll always have interest because – he can pass the ball really well. He can shoot threes. Like he's always going to, ha- he's always have a, f- a spot in the NBA, but I just don't think he's going to be like, like I think LaMelo's light years ahead of him, like light years. I wish he would go to the Hornets. That would be nuts. I, the, the Hornets, they already have too many guards. They have Devontae Graham, Rogier. Yeah, I know it would never happen. But... No, it never happened, but not yet. Anyway, who knows in the future? Cause I think Lonzo is going to be that type of guy that's going to go on like eight different teams in 14 years. Yeah. That's, I think that'll be his career. You want to get into our picks for the weekend? Sidetrack. Speaking of Lamelo, he's out for the year. Do you think so? You think uh, Anthony Edwards is going to win Rookie of the Year? Steal it from Lamelo? Yeah. Well, he he will it's because a shame, you know it's a shame because Lamelo has been the better player for sure, but the games played, I think they take that seriously. Like that's why LeBron and Embiid have kind of backed away in the MVP conversation because that actually means a significant amount. And Edwards has played well, obviously not to the caliber as Lamelo. But if you're Michael Jordan and the Hornets ownership, like you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? Like this year, we really weren't going to really do too much anyway. If we made the playoffs, sit back and we'll be okay. I think they're going to be in a very bright spot because I think LaMelo is going to draw a significant amount of interest from other players that could want to play with him. Yeah. And they'll fill seats. They will fill seats too. And like they're a young, exciting team. Terry Rozier, he's averaging 20 a game. Like Gordon Hayward, career resurgence. Like they're playing well. Yeah. I like that team a lot. Me too. Let's hit our picks for the weekend. Uh, we're going to pick uh, one game for Friday, March 26th, Saturday, March 27th, and then Sunday, March 28th. Peter, uh, you want to start off for Friday? Yeah, so Friday, March 26th, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers over the Los Angeles Lakers. So obviously <laughs> everybody's heard by now. LeBron's a diva, but there's been no Anthony Davis, obviously, and no LeBron and they've lost all three games without LeBron to this point, and they just lost to the Pelicans by... 20-something. Yeah, by 17 points. So they're really grilling. Like, Pope is starting. Like, that shouldn't happen. And that's another team that has to do something in the deadline. Yeah, They're going to just slide right down until Davis comes back. You know, that'd be a potential fit, in my opinion, for Tristan Thompson. Uh, maybe. 
because he's, yeah. he's boys of LeBron, same agent. You know, I, I think that could be something because I don't think they're going to make like a huge splash because obviously those guys are going to come back. But I, I could see them adding somebody. Right, like but they got to do Thompson. something because oh, the yeah, West no, is so to. good. So they're going to slide right down. They're going to slide right down to six. Yeah. Like just like that. You know what's going to happen? Utah, they're going to get the number one seed and they're going to play the freaking Lakers. And the oh, Lakers yeah. Beat them. Poor, poor Utah. That's what's going to happen. All right, for me anyway, uh, I'm going to stick in the Western Conference here. I'm going to go with the Portland Trailblazers over the Orlando Magic. Uh, Portland uh, starting to put things together here in that tough Western Conference. They've won seven of their last 10 games, and I do think the Orlando Magic are going to have a sell-off. I think Aaron Gordon's going to get moved. I think Evan Fournier is going to get moved. And I think the day after the trade deadline, I think Orlando is not going to be ready to play. I'm going to go with Portland over Orlando. Yeah, Orlando is absolute trash. I usually pick against them like every week, so it's pretty good. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so now let's uh, get into our Saturday and Sunday picks. So these will both be uh, March Madness picks. So, Peter, you want to start off? So my Saturday pick is actually my premium pick of the week. So third seed Arkansas versus 15 seed Oral Roberts over 159.5 points. So they played in December of this year, and the final score is 87-76. to 76. So that way covered it. Arkansas's point per game is seventh in the league of 82. And Oral Roberts is 12th in the league with 81 and a half. And if that happens, they hit the over as well. And then Arkansas scored 85 in the first round and 68 in the second round. And Oral Roberts scored 75 points in the first and 81 points in the second round. So if both of those scores come to fruition, they could obviously hit the over. So and, the over there. Yeah. And as I alluded to, I hope Arkansas wins. I was just going to say, and a little asterisk, go Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, the me, the spread was way too high. I almost picked them. I think they were like minus 11 or something. That's a little high. Yeah, I wouldn't touch yeah. that. For me anyway, I'm going to go with uh, Syracuse, uh, number 11 Syracuse, plus six over number two Houston. Uh, Syracuse, look, they've come in hot here. They are 6-0 and against the spread in their last six games. And they're actually 10-2 and against the spread in the tournament since 2015. So they're a team, a good team to bet on in the NCAA tournament, believe it or not. Uh, Buddy Beheim leading the way. Uh, he's averaging 18 points per game here. Uh, that's just a crazy story because uh, I think he's a junior now, Buddy Beheim. He's basically been at the end of the bench for Syracuse the last two years. And uh, most people anticipated that he'd uh, evolve to nothing. He was kind of just the coach's kid. But he has absolutely changed that narrative. He's been Syracuse's best player, shooting lights out. And I think Syracuse is going to pull the upset over Houston. I don't like Houston, how they've played the last couple games. I think they're right for the taking. I think they're overrated. I like Cuse, plus six. Is he going to get drafted? Well, he's certainly eligible now. He's a junior. Right. I think he could be. He's a, he's big. He's got size. He's six 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 seven. can shoot, can play a little bit of defense. When I think of him, I kind of think of comps like, I don't know, like you know, Grayson Allen a couple of years ago. Yeah. He's a guy that used to, obviously the antics aside. But a player like that who could probably get picked in the mid-20s, you know, I, I think he could be somebody that could potentially be an NBA player that could get drafted. Now, if you would ask me this last year, the year before, I would have laughed. I'd be like, to do it no. like he's just there, he's coach's kid. But no, he, the kid is a baller. What about for Sunday, Peter? What is your uh, pick? So my Sunday pick is four-seed Florida State underdog with three-and-a-half points to one-seed Michigan. So I just liked how they played against Colorado. They kept it close in the first half, but after in the second half, they blown them out 47 to 33. They shot 56% against Colorado, so they pretty good against that. And their defense is locked down 
their last four opponents, they've held them to 36% from the field. So watch out, Michigan fans. That's all I got to say. And Big Ten, as we alluded to in the beginning, is a disaster in this tournament. Illinois lost. Ohio State lost. Purdue lost. And Iowa lost. So maybe they don't have things right with Michigan. And obviously I have to root for them. Because you know they're my pick. So. Throw throw that little caveat at the end here. You know, uh, bias, pre- bias aside. <laughs> uh, that's right. I'm gonna stick to the bias here. I'm gonna go with my premium pick of the week is going to be number two Alabama, a uh, minus six against number eleven uh, UCLA. Like I alluded to before, Alabama is the winner for the NCAA tournament. They are hot. They are just fresh off beating Maryland ninety six to seventy seven. They shot the ball extremely well in that game. In the first round against Iona. Uh, they didn't shoot the ball as well, but again, they still played well. They won 68-55. Uh, UCLA, who, they've put together some nice wins here, but I don't know if they've really faced a team uh, like Alabama. I think Alabama can beat them in a multitude of different ways. Sure, UCLA can make the argument, well, they beat a, a good BYU team who is number six, but I think this is different. I like Alabama here, and I like Alabama big. I think Alabama's going to have a statement win this week. And like Minus I said, six. please, if there is a God, hope Alabama wins, hope Florida State wins, just for the show. Well, you're in luck. Sister Jean is on Cameo. Oh, crap. You got to do it. You got to <laughs> pray for I saw it on Twitter. I think she's 150, 175, something like that. Oh, well, it's not happening. That's right. Maybe if you win your Friday bet, you could. Yeah, there you, there go. you go. There you go. Any uh, closing thoughts for March Madness or anything uh, else? I just hope more craziness happens and. Hope more upsets happen, you know. I couldn't agree more. This is fun, and I'm excited for another weekend of this. More madness. More uh-huh. madness. More madness. So also, before we conclude the show, for those of you listeners, be sure to follow our Twitter account. Our Twitter account, we're going to be giving a pick of the day for the days that we do not give a pick on the podcast. So pretty much virtually Monday through Thursday, we're going to tweet a pick a day, and that's going to be our rotation heading into baseball season and as the NBA and NHL kind of wind down a little bit. So be sure to fade us or follow us. We're pretty hot right now for the most part, I think on the daily picks, Peter. Yeah. I mean, I can't do pretty much worse on the podcast pick. So, you know, got that going. So if you're looking for a little bit of content during the week, be sure to check out our Twitter account. Give us a follow, give us a like. Uh, we're getting more followers pretty much. Day by we day. a new follow like a day. You fun. know what I mean? So it's been pretty constant, which is good. So thank you all for listening. And uh, go Alabama and uh, go Florida, go Florida State. State. Stay hot.